0: You're checking out All right, good morning. Good evening. Good night. Welcome into the Nifty Q show. We're interviewing founders, leaders, and builders in the non-fungible token industry. I am sitting here today with Yas, CMO of Galaxy Fight Club. We'll be touching on the recent beta release of their cross-IP MOBA, the play-to-earn market today, additional game features, and much more. Me and Yas were like having our conversation uh, pre-episode, man, and I want to continue that. But, but Yas, uh, how, how are you doing here today, man, man?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. And thanks for having me.
0: How about yourself? I, dude, I'm, I'm super stoked. Galaxy Fight Club uh, has a really awesome narrative, I think, behind it with all these like cross IP PFPs we can bring into the metaverse and, and become the Super Smash Brothers, uh, as you guys said, uh, of the metaverse. Uh, quick question off that Super Smash Brothers piece. Who was your your Smash Bros character?
1: I mean, I was never like a one character kind of guy, but I definitely love playing Link. He was, he was the all around fighter. Yeah. He was the all-around. He had the good defense, good
0: offense. Exactly. Nothing crazy. Uh dude, yeah. I'm I'm super stoked to have Galaxy Fight Club in here, but let's let's continue that conversation, man, uh that we were having pre-episode like you we, I guess we were talking about like how hype in the market can drive a lot of people to like be stuck with bags, essentially. Is that was that kind of the narrative you were going with and that's what we're seeing here today?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um and to to be blunt, I guess I was trying to I don't want to say convince you, but I was trying to bring to your attention that it might be a good time to sell your board Ape, um, which people are going to probably hate me for. But if we're being real, it's... I mean, it's always the same thing, right? You always play it by the playbook, you uh, sell the hype and buy the news.
0: Yeah, they, I don't know if I'm going to sell the board ape uh, yet uh, because Yuga seems to be the outlier in all that. But but I do agree with you, man. Like you were bringing up like the fact that it, at one point Azuki's were just and we're not throwing shade at Azuki's at all. Like they're they're an awesome project. But like you you can see this pattern in a lot of these projects where there's a hype cycle that's being driven by a lot of momentum, and then people get stuck with bags because. Not everybody can play that diamond-handed game.
1: Definitely, and I don't think it affects the board apes as much because there is there's a ton of value outside of just having the NFT just for being like in that board ape ecosystem. So I definitely think it makes sense to hold. So it's not like it's not like we were actually being serious about it, right? It's it's the same thing with me and my my, uh, my V friends. Like I don't think I would sell my my kind warrior because I had offers at like 150 ETH. For uh, for a spectacular V friend, and I couldn't sell it. It's just the emotional attachment.
0: D- does your current self ever like look back and say, "My my like former self would slap me for saying something like that"? Because we're <laughs> like still relatively young. I'm sure, like four or five years ago, you were kind of like getting by, uh, and now you're saying I-, I won't sell anything for for 150
1: ETH. Definitely, definitely. And sometimes I just think back at at like. Um, when the offer was made to me about half about yeah, half a year ago, six months ago or something, and I still think, well, maybe I just should have taken it. And I had a couple of people reach out to me actually and be like, dude, you should have just sold it and bought other stuff and it would have been easier to double your money that way, like another another time and rather rather than just, you know, holding on to it and hoping for the value to increase. But I think that it's less for it's I'd say it's the same thing as you having your board ape. I think it's less about the monetary value that it has and more about what it actually means to just have that NFT. Not sure if that kind of makes sense, but the V Friends were like my first NFTs ever. So it also has like that emotional connection that I was talking about earlier. It's just difficult. It's difficult.
0: Yeah, I'm interested in in your thoughts on like people's emotional connections to their PFPs, of course, because you guys are adding like an additional utility piece, basically saying, Hey, if you own this this PFP, now you can actually like be in our game, with your board ape or with you know, uh, I, I mean, Subducts, Alluvium. You guys have have a bunch of dope partnerships. Uh, shout out to the chat, really quick. King Peck is saying V Friends partnered with GFC with like the eyeball emoji. Is that happening anytime soon? <laughs> um,
1: well, I'm not allowed to, to to speak on that yet. Oh, so I can't confirm or or deny it.
0: Love it, love it. All right, man. Well, well, let's get into uh, a little bit of your background. I usually like to to have these episodes start with a little bit of foundation as to who you are. Uh, so that we can kind of roll into uh, Galaxy Fight Club. So what's your background uh, just in general? And then how did you find the space?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it depends on how far or how long back you want me to start. (laughs) But I'll try to start all the way back. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I'll try to keep it short. So um, I was born in Germany. And my um, I'd say growing up, we were moving around a lot. And I spoke about this just briefly in, I think, one... Uh, one interview that hasn't been published yet or maybe I can't remember exactly but um, yeah, I usually don't include this in my introductions but uh, we used to move around a lot which is why I was pl- I was spending a, a lot of time online um, because it was just easier, you know to, to stay friends with people online rather than, you know, making new friends everywhere you go and um, yeah, I was just a huge gamer I guess by nature um, spent... Uh, 16,000 hours in an in-game character, uh, of an online MMO, MMORPG. <laughs> Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, actually. Uh, I, th- I don't think it's actually that popular in the US, right? Uh, Guild Wars,
0: I remember being uh, popular for a little bit. I don't know if it's as popular, like you're saying. Yeah. But that's a goaded game for sure. Yeah,
1: but I was, I, dude, I loved it so much and I still love it. Like sometimes I, cause... I'm still in the discord of my my old guild and sometimes uh, i just check in i don't participate in like any any conversations or so but i just check in read through some conversations uh just kind of stay updated on like the major major updates and stuff um which is pretty fun and i i get the, that nostalgic feeling but uh, yeah to get back to what i was saying um huge gamer and then i kind of yeah like after school you know I went to university and stuff um which obviously you realize that you should be start playing less games and focusing more on like your uh, your real life and putting some effort towards you know university and stuff like that, um, which worked out fine. I guess uh, I started like econometrics and operations research, which is super like data driven and math driven and stuff. Uh, but realized that just because I was good at it, it wasn't really something I wanted to do. So. Once I was done, I just started my own like marketing business um, from scratch without any experience, which was kind of funny. But uh, yeah, that was like seven or eight years ago now. What industry were your clients in? So initially, so it all started off by by doing like Instagram services, right? So I took the sort of analytical thinking, which I kind of picked up during my time at university. And started like i like to call it just growth hacking sort of right uh, because i started to analyze how the algorithm on instagram works and what we can do to influence one account to just grow organically and go viral so that's what i was doing then for um for anyone really who wanted to grow an instagram account i would just figure out a strategy to make it work within their own industry and then just you know grow these accounts and we would it was absolutely insane. Like we were growing hundreds of thousands of followers per account uh, in like two to three months, which is nuts.
0: Can I hire you right now for that?
1: Uh, <laughs> we can talk about that off air. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was absolutely it was absolutely insane, and that's also where I met one of my best friends uh, because I started like a Facebook group where I would just give out like advice, just free advice for for whoever wanted to join. Just keep it like sort of an educational group. Um, and I met uh, one of my now best friends who's called Chris and he's the uh, CMO of Deadheads and he's also the the one who introduced us. Uh, okay. And yeah.
0: I don't know if he's Docs. So I only know him by I have a poner, But uh, yeah, yeah, he's a <laughs> great name by the way. But anyways, continue.
1: It's not just, it's just, it's not, it's not just a great name. Like, it's a great person behind yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, yeah, so that's kind of how it all started off. But then over time, I realized that Instagram, it's um, it's difficult to quantify results for clients because even if you grow an account and you don't have actually a, a super great account manager who can actually take advantage of people's attention and know how to influence or how to uh, properly structure the account in order to generate whatever call to action you want to happen, it's very difficult to quantify the results for your clients. So I started moving away from that and focus uh, focused more on B two B businesses and lead generation for them and uh, yeah, just filling up like their sales pipeline, doing sales trainings and stuff like that. Because obviously, over time, as I was trying to, as I was trying to just just get more knowledgeable in the position of just being like a business owner, just started to accumulating so many skill sets, including sales. I think that was like one of my my greatest strengths that I just wanted to go like go down that route. And it's a lot more quantifiable or yeah, it's just more trackable, I guess. Uh, when you're talking to your clients, it's like, okay, well this month we generated X amount of leads for you, um, which ended up in so-and-so many conversations and three or five sales or whatever, right? And then it's like, okay, is the is your ROI there or is it not? And then, you know, you're-, you're And then that's your product at the end of the exactly. day. Exactly. I'm getting you the leads, yeah. you
0: need to follow through with the product. Yeah. Uh, how did this lead to, to crypto?
1: And, and NFTs. Yeah, it didn't lead to crypto at all. It was more it was more like um I was following Gary for essentially forever since I started like that that um that business and he essentially just got me into the NFT space. So, I was never into or at least not I knew about crypto and I put like a couple a couple hundred bucks into like um Ethereum and Bitcoin like in 2018 or so. I thought you were gonna say
0: Doge or something. I thought you were gonna no, say no, Litecoin no. or Shiba. I was,
1: <laughs> no, no. I was never I was never the kind of hype guy who followed like the shit coins and stuff. Um and I'm not and I'm still not really a crypto investor. I wouldn't say that I'm big into crypto. Um I'm more into NFTs because I feel like I can it's easier for me to navigate in a space that is based on human interaction and emotions rather than just graphs you know where you just analyze if if a coin is like going up or down and you know the i don't know you analyze like how it's been in the past and how it's how you predict its its future movement and stuff just i just don't think it
0: so an in ec- an economics and data major is have is would rather have the human interaction yeah, size is that what you're telling me
1: because i just don't think that those predictions are like feasible it just it it's not making sense to me you know what i mean like if it was actually i yeah i'm not exactly sure how to how to explain it but if if it made sense to me that you can predict the future by analyzing the the past which makes sense in in general or like in theory but not when you apply it to a crypto coin you know it just for me, it just doesn't add up. That connection isn't there. And I I can, I can, and you can actually see this when you, when you watch like um, uh, some, some YouTubers or whatever, and they start talking about uh, is Ethereum going to make its next move up? And they have these thumbnails, you know, where they're like, Oh, and whatever. Right. Yeah. And I'll trash you on any of those YouTubers. I love them. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, but every time it's like, you know, they, they say, okay, it can, the next thing that, that that's going to happen is, it's going to either go there or there right so you're like well obviously cool. you know yeah i could have i could have said the same thing it's like you know no rocket science so getting in getting a an accurate prediction is so difficult in the crypto space and i think that if you follow a trend that's more like emotional Um, or based on like emotions and people's reactions and communities and humans and interaction, it's a lot easier to kind of get a sense for where things are going. Um, And I think Champ is really good at doing that actually. Do you know Champ Crypto? No, I don't. Okay, I got to send you his Twitter later. Maybe you can, or you should probably connect with him. yeah,
0: please. I'd love to see it. He, yeah. Well, I, I, I see what you mean though. Like, like the, on the fringes, data. I mean, it, you need it, and it helps you make decisions. But it's, it's super more. It, it, it's just more momentum. It's more hype. It's more emotional than all of the processes that come when the fringe moves on, and more of the more of the structure gets placed and we're already gone at that point
1: yeah and it's like yeah so you you essentially just nailed it because it's it's a combination of both but in the crypto space you just have more of one right and less of the other whereas in the nft space you have you have that human aspect and you can back it up with data you know it just comes so like super hand in hand.
0: That's awesome, man. This is this is a great combo. I know a lot of people are here to hear about Galaxy Fight Club, so we have to continue to move it on. Uh, so, y- one quick question I did want to have uh, on that Gary V piece is like, what was? the piece of information or the, the video uh, that he kind of had that that really kind of sparked the light bulb for you. Uh, and then let's, let's make it into like your journey within NFTs to Galaxy Fight Club.
1: A lot of people hate Gary V, right? Or they trash on him because they say he always says the same thing and stuff. Um, and I partially agree. He does, he is super repetitive, right? But I think he, if you listen to him, he can spark your um he you can actually give you the courage to do something that you otherwise wouldn't have done. And that's essentially what happened with me. It's like, right, I um my my whole family's, you know, has that mindset of security and just, you know, doing the 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 stuff that society kinda expects you to do. And uh, yeah, it was just super difficult to deal with that. And then, you know, I watched Gary Vee and he's like, you know, you're young and you can do whatever you want and you still have your entire life. Like, even if you fuck up, you can still go back and do whatever is right. And then just, you know, live a normal life. Right. Um, I don't think that people appreciate that enough because it was life changing for me. And I'm not saying that you'll, you'll acquire some knowledge that you otherwise wouldn't have gotten by watching Gary Vee or anything like that. But it's just, if you're on the fence or if you're not sure Um, about how to proceed, I guess, then, yeah, he just makes it kind of easier, I think.
0: Yeah, I I can see that. Gary Gary's a great motivator. Uh, I think you can see that. Even if you're not like an average, like an avid follower of his his stuff, uh, you can see that he's a great motivator uh, for for people that you know watch his videos often or even one time. So you found that Gary V video. You saw the NFTs. You know could potentially be uh, something that could you know that you want to get involved in that that obviously have some good uh, value. What was the next step? Did you get involved in some PFP projects? Were you getting involved in communities? Did you buy some tokens? How did that all work?
1: So the first mint obviously was V Friends um, and. It was so funny because I was talking to Chris um, and we were, we were saying like, because it was a lot of money at that time, right? Or well, it still is a lot of money, but it's like the mint for the spectacular v Friends was over, it was a Dutch auction and it started at, uh, I think it was starting at six or seven ETH and it went down to three or 3.5, I can't exactly remember. And the cores were from 3 ETH to 0.5. So it was a very expensive mint, right? And uh, I had about fifteen or 20,000 euros saved up at that time. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to take it and dump it all into vFriends. And worst case, I can still go to vCon, you know, for the next three years and, you know network and connect with people with like-minded people and stuff and that was like the justification chris and i were talking about it was like okay so worst case we just go to vcon and it's going to be awesome you know and we're just going to have an awesome time and it's like you know whatever but um yeah turns out um the collection kind of mooned um not to the obviously to the same degree as board apes or or anything like that but um definitely way beyond any of my expectations and from there i went into i i minted subducks um which i i think that was like my second or third mint um but i sold it at like 0.3 or something because i was panicking because i saw it go up once and it hit 0.4 and i didn't sell it went back down to below 0.1 and then the the second time it just kind of went towards like 0.3 i just listed it and immediately sold next morning i wake up it's at one eth right it was it was one of those moments but yeah but um
0: is it is Subdux undervalued now like they're they they're sitting at like 0. 0.6 or something like that like it has to be so undervalued
1: so we've actually partnered up with Subdux um i think this week was the announcement yeah it was it was yesterday um and I'm actually having a Twitter space in a bit with uh with the Subdux team and i'm very excited about the partnership because i've been a fan of subducts for forever like since i minted i kind of like the set like i didn't even want to sell i was just kind of i was panicking in, the, in that moment and it was like you know i was still super new to the space um but i've always been a fan of subducts, and i'm actually considering getting a few subducts right now because it definitely feels like they're they're like i don't know what's what exactly is going on but it seems yeah. undervalued for sure. Yeah.
0: It, it, it's tough because people go out on limbs. Uh, the projects go out on limbs and like, launch these utility tokens. But I think that those can like muddle the environment a little bit. I don't, I don't know. It seems like they're super undervalued. Uh, but that has to come up in your spaces, the fact that you panic sold uh, a subduck with them.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah yeah after that i i bought some deadheads I'm, I'm a big fan of deadheads um i mean like it's public information right like anyone like pretty much everyone knows that i hold like the kind warrior the bubblegum spectacular people people just check my wallet and shit. but um uh i have i have quite a quite a lot of deadheads quite a lot i mean like 10 or so um not like hundreds uh, I have some skull troopers and stuff. That's like all in the Deadheads ecosystem, and that's just because I guess mostly because Chris works there, and it's like he always FOMOs me in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's just it's He's so doing funny. A good job. Yeah, yeah, he definitely is, and I and I like the team, and it's I think that Tempo and Jeremy are really really cool guys, and I also obviously want to support them to some degree, and I think that um, the fact that they were so early and they have this like motivation to do something big It's it's very similar i see like because because w- when you're a founder like you you start judging people's decisions and moves from like a different perspective and that's essentially what i started doing is like i i look at them and i see the same quality of work uh, that we're doing you know and the same like structures and the same processes and things like that so i kind of I have that appreciation for that. Like, even if they're, even if it was to go to zero, I'm like, dude, it was still worth getting that, you know? Well,
0: well, that's the conversation we were having earlier in the episode was like, people don't often value stuff in this, in this environment and this, uh, this industry in the right way. Like they, they want to chase the next, you know, hundredth uh, hundred eighth bed or whatever. When they see a project that's actually working, that's not necessarily something that's going to lead to a high floor price. Cause I agree. Deadheads is doing some cool shit. Uh, but you know, it is what it is.
1: They were, I think, they were the first ones with with. Do you do you do you own deadheads? Yeah, I own like three deadheads. Do you have you seen like the the green room and stuff? That was the one of the coolest things. We just had
0: deadheads on last week. That's freaking awesome.
1: Yeah, it's like I think they were the first ones to have something like that in place. Yep. If not if not the first ones, I can't remember exactly. But now you see everyone, you know, putting up marketplaces and whatnot and stuff like that. They announced their burning mechanism for deadheads. I think like back in what december or november or something back then they had these tickets that you can use in combination with a deadhead to burn them to, into a halo head which still are to, to be released but um no one was talking about that stuff at, at the time you know and nowadays you see like everyone has a token everyone has a burning mechanism everyone has this and that like those guys are legit you know way above the curve uh, yeah, they are. When it comes to to innovation,
0: yeah, I want to give a shout out to Deadheads, of course. But we're, we have a, someone in chat, MCO Twelve, is saying uh, we need to talk about GFC as well. So. Yeah, and I was
1: I was about to say no, I was about to say like this is the perfect transition into GFC because the stuff that we're doing on on Polygon is like I think it's unheard of, right? We have all of these different mechanisms. We have a forging system where you can you know throw weapons into. Um, a burning pool, and then it generates like a higher tier weapon. Uh, We have a training mechanism where you take... Are you familiar with our collections? No, I'm not. Okay, so we have a couple different collections, and it's kind of... It might be complicated at first, but it's actually pretty easy to get a gist of it. You have our main collection, which is the Genesis Fighters. And that's the collection that everyone knows. Then we have a weapons collection, the Genesis Weapons. And then we have a second-generation fighter collection. I think these are like the main three. There's also some like other ones, but I think let's focus on these three for for now. Um, But what you can do is you can take your Genesis fighter, you can burn four weapons alongside that fighter, plus burn some G-Coin in the equation to get a second-generation fighter. And that training process takes like a week or five days I think Um, and you will still you'll still hold your Genesis fighter so your Genesis fighter doesn't burn you only burn the four weapons and the G coin and you get a second generation fighter which um, I think I don't actually think that anyone has a mechanism like that in place on um, we're doing that on polygon obviously because of all the gas fees and stuff
0: what's the importance of the five days there with with the burning mechanism and then having it five days later is that the staking like taking out of the supply?
1: Um, it doesn't actually stake. So, our okay. what we did differently because obviously all the genesis fighters also uh, generate G coin, which is our token. But uh, what we did differently is we decided to to just have the fighters accumulate the the G coin without having to stake your fighters, uh, because I think that I don't want to call it like manipulating the market, but um, I think having people stake their stuff is, it's a it's a it's a two edged two edged sword kind of thing, right? Because because on the one hand, obviously, you know, you can sort of shock the uh, the supply of your collection. Um, on the other hand, you're kind of tying people into your ecosystem, even though they might not even want to. Um, you'll have people forgetting to like renew the staking and stuff. It's just I think that I think that for just coin accumulation people shouldn't necessarily have to stake. If there's additional value to it, if there's something special then okay, go ahead and you know have your collection to be staked all day long. That's cool with me. But if it's just for a coin accumulation, I feel like people should be able to get that reward regardless. So we decided not to yeah, not to have them stake their their fighters.
0: So there's a couple of lightning questions that I want to get into. One is the, the if you could take me quickly on the, the founding of galaxy fight club and like where you, when you guys launch and what you guys have been up to since, I know that you had the beta gameplay launch like last week. It's like a really awesome month for you guys, but just take me quickly through that origin piece of just how you founded it uh, very quick. And then how long you guys have been around uh, in that, in that kind of question.
1: So I think our first mint was back in August of last year. So we've been around for a while. And the first collection that we minted was our Genesis collection. So the Genesis fighters. So if you go to OpenSea, just type in Galaxy Fight Club. That's our Genesis collection. Um, Those fighters um, back in September of last year... If I'm not mistaken, I probably get one of these dates wrong and people are going to hate me for it. But uh, I think in September they started accumulating Gcoin, which is publicly tradable now. So you can go on to SushiSwap or uh, Huobi or whatever uh, exchange platform and and trade it, which is pretty cool. Um, We had our second collection um, that was minted in November of last year. And that was our Genesis Keys, which... um, is another fun system that we built on polygon because you could mint these keys uh on on the main on the main layer so on ethereum and then we we airdropped a revealed key because obviously initially like all the keys are unrevealed there's different tiers so you didn't know which tier you got and then we had uh, we partnered up with um with Chainlink, um who are specialize in like randomizing these processes to make sure that it's verifiably random, like the outcome. Um, And then we airdropped revealed keys to all the holders on like a random process. Uh, Then we had, oh, then people could use those keys to open loot boxes um, on our website. So you can take the key, go onto our website, Uh, use it, connect your wallet, you can use the key, and then it it like opens a loot box. It's all animated and stuff, which is pretty cool. I think I posted one of those videos on on our Instagram, but, um, and then you get a bunch of loot out of that loot box, which includes like weapons, consumables and stuff like that. Right, so it's a pretty cool system.
0: Yeah, and and it's built out. So again, like you were saying, it, it is tough for someone who has no idea to to know where to start. So that would be the question that I you know want to pose to you now. I, I talked with our community before we went live, and the main question I was going to ask you is like, how do I get the best exposure to Galaxy Fight Club? I know that that's you're you're on the team, so that's not necessarily. Uh, you know, the, you can't say buy <laughs> or anything like that. But uh, I just want to know, like, do, is, is the best thing to do for me, you know, to get involved in the ecosystem? Is it to buy that first generation fighter? Is it to buy keys? Wh-
1: how should someone get involved? I think that it really depends on what your goal is because Galaxy Fight Club is so complicated and so complex. It has so many different, a- like, aspects to it and you can view it from so many different angles. So it really depends on which approach you want to take. So there's the, there's the approach of... For example, uh, just wanting to max out on Gcoin, right? And and betting on that as like a sort of an investment over time. So you could, for example, say, okay, I want to play the floor and just buy a bunch of Genesis Fires because they accumulate between five and 15 Gcoin per day, depending on their rarity. But um, I think from a price to, um, to a value uh, ratio, I think the floor is the move if you want to go for the Gcoin route, because... Getting that five G coin a day across, I don't know how many floor fighters someone wants to pick up makes sense. And then you'll end up with, I don't know how much G coin over the next three years or two and a half years by now, um, which you can sell or keep or use or whatever. Or you can say, I want to participate in like weekly tournaments so and because we, we we're gonna have these like weekly tournaments that are have that are gonna have like ETH prizes and stuff so we're looking at roughly like two to three ETH maybe per week that we want to give away in these tournaments so you could say okay i want i just want to become like i'm a gamer i want to become good at the game i want to own everyone and scoop these prizes right and i'm like okay fine get a good fighter Probably a second generation fighter because they are on average just stronger than the, the, the Genesis fighters. Uh, and I think they're also cheaper for the strength that you're getting at the moment because people haven't really caught on to that yet. But um, get a second generation fighter, get a really good weapon and you're set. Go practice in game and then you'll be fine. right? That's another approach. Or you could say um, I want to see what's like happening behind the scenes and I want to like try to i guess just trade in and out of gfc get a battle pass you'll get some vip insights into what we're working on and you'll be able to navigate that to whichever degree you would want you'd want it to you know it's there's just so many different things to gfc it's really difficult to say like where to start but i think that um if someone want, like if if you're really interested in finding out more reading the white paper but actually reading the white like like actually sitting down taking like 15 minutes maybe out of your day and reading the white paper is a good move because i think that we did a pretty good job at explaining stuff on there um but outside of that just hopping into our discord and i actually had and this is i'm not making this up because it just fits the narrative i actually had someone message me yesterday who was new to our discord and he was like dude um I just came in. I heard of your collection, and I wanted to get like involved and and buy a fighter or whatnot. And I hopped into your Discord, and the people there are so helpful, and they gave me so much information. I literally didn't have any, like he didn't have to look up anything. They literally just gave him bite sized pieces to make it like understandable and everything. So I think we have one of the like everyone says that and you know I'm I'm going to admit that uh, but everyone says it like we probably have with the most helpful like community when it comes to that stuff hmm. um but uh yeah
0: yeah I think you almost have to have like two different sets of onboarding uh it, and what I mean by that is like I was talking with yatsu from Animoca brands and he he put uh this so well about like people coming into the space as either residents or tourists some people want to like get deep into that white paper right and become a resident of your community and and be there while others just kind of just want to be tourists you know they'll be here they'll say they want to get involved but they're never going to do the amount of research that it takes to actually take in a project like gfc so I think, I mean, you guys are doing a good job. I'll, I'll hit the cross IP piece here uh, because, like, one of the main narratives that you guys have is that you can bring in uh, potentially other IP, board apes. We talked about alluvials, uh, We talked about subducts. You can bring all these in one place. Take me through like the technical process. Maybe not the blockchain and the the actual building of that, but like, what do you mean when it comes to bringing a subduct into into the game? And how do you guys get that done?
1: It's actually pretty straightforward because all we do is we create these 3D in-game models for different collections. So for example, we can, we can take SubDocs as an example, because it's like recent. Um, and we actually had the, um, um well, we actually had them create the, well, they didn't create them, but they, they were already created. They already had the 3d models, which was, which kind of made it easier for us. So they sent us their 3d models and uh, we just tested them as a, just checked if they're compatible with our game which they were so obviously it just saved up so much work on our end um, and now all we do is we um, implement all of the 3D models that they gave us we assign uh, depending on on the collection this is this varies but if you if you take Deadheads, for example um People who own, like, a mummy are going to get a mummy in-game character. People who own a skeleton are going to get a skeleton in-game Like, it's impossible to include the whole 10,000 individual characters um, and build out individual 3D models for them. That would kind of be kind of crazy. But um, we can we can do, like, 10 or so or 15 or 20, depending on the collection and stuff. Um and then we we just assign them to the metadata or one like property of the metadata um, that 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 kind of uh, resonates with the the look of the 3D model. And then when people create their account on our platform, we link it to their MetaMask wallet, so we can always just scan their wallet once they log in, see which NFTs they're holding, and which one of those uh, are assigned. For a specific 3D model, and then they, you know, can use that 3D model in game.
0: This gets me back to like the main question that all of us metaverse uh, like heads want to get to is like, when will we get to a ready player one? You mentioned that like it's almost impossible for you guys at this point to implement ten thousand of the apes for everyone to have their own individual ape, which leads me to believe, at least in the near, you know, future, we're ne- we're not going to be able to do ready player one. Everyone isn't going to be able to be. Tr- like themselves right now we have like one or two or 10 that can
1: represent our community in a sense so i think that i think that um it's actually a lot easier than than we might think because if we think back like we launched if we take us for as an example right obviously because i don't want to um step on anyone's toes like outside of gfc but um We started developing the game about not even a year ago, right? So maybe 10 months ago, approximately. And we have a product that is working. We got approved on the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. We are having people log in and play the game, like an actual fun gaming experience. And I'm not making that up because people are you know you can just scroll through our discord and you'll see a bunch of different people uh, say that they're actually so addicted to the game um and that's an insane progress for this short amount of time and i think that the if if it wasn't for like we have so much things like that that we want to implement into the into the into the app and into the game that it just comes down to setting priorities just like with everything right and i think that if it was our priority to to have each individual person get their own character then we just we could have just built a character creation uh ui where you know you can log in you can we we, we could probably build some ai that could scan your metamask and each individual nft and model something that's that's like that's a basic look of an NFT, right? And then you could customize it. I don't think that's like something impossible to do, um, but it just wasn't priority for us, right? For us, the priority is we want to, first of all, develop uh, develop the core game, which we've focused on in the past couple of months, get on the app store, get approved for everything. Um, now make sure that we have the tournament features ready because we're launching a huge tournament uh, in the next month. Or next two months. I don't want to say something wrong here. But we have yeah, we're still in April.
0: I, I I want to touch on this this app store piece, dude. I and I want to hit the tournaments. I just need to stop you because you guys do have a lot of going on. So you, you <laughs> mentioned like even recently. I think a week ago, uh, you guys got approved, or a couple of weeks ago, you guys got approved by both the Apple Store and Google Play Store. Yeah. Uh, just quick lightning question: Like, how the hell is that process done? Because we know, like, we've seen a lot of adversarial approaches uh, when it comes to Web three and these centralized platforms. How how did that go for
1: you guys? It wasn't easy. It took us a couple of weeks. Um, so it wasn't. It, it, it's not like you can just apply and you get approved. Especially for for the Apple App Store, um, it's actually a pain, and you need to back and forth and just have slight changes and make sure that you negotiate terms properly and i don't want to get too deep into that but um i think everyone who who's familiar with that setup knows that usually the the apple app store takes like a cut of your revenue that you make in like from in-game purchases and sales and and things like that so it's um it's not an easy process and i i'm I'm not even sure like how many web 3 apps are on the apple app store uh, if any besides us but um yeah it's something that i think is very overlooked when it comes to gfc it's like the fact that we that we managed to pull that off is actually something really special
0: yeah i know a lot of people were having or projects were
1: having problems with i mean even the, axie isn't listed on the isn't approved on the app store right well
0: again so, the, the biggest piece is is the token right like a, a lot of the what they came back with was saying hey if your platform has some type of currency or some type of token we can't allow you on the platform. So, you know, I know you can't say too much, but that's that's really dope that you got it done. You got gameplay uh, that's coming out here. I know Bryson, Kagi, uh, a couple other streamers have come out and are just like playing the game. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about like the, the beta access. Uh, can people get involved first of all, or is it just big time streamers? And then uh, uh, how has the reaction been?
1: I mean, the reaction has been fantastic. I actually don't think that it could have been any better. Um, and anyone can play the open beta, so it's you know called an open beta for a reason. We want everyone to try it out who wants to play, and uh, there's no restrictions. So you don't actually need to buy any assets or any NFTs or something like that. You can just head onto your uh, your app store, download the game, and uh, just create an account and play the game. It's as simple as that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that with getting. And I need to be careful what I say now because some of this stuff hasn't been announced yet. But uh,
0: just announce it here. It's fine. Should I announce it here?
1: (laughs) Well, but there is yeah. We're. I'm just gonna announce it, I guess, um, because it's kind of obvious, I guess, by now. But uh, we, yeah, we did onboard Bryson as well um, into into GFC as a as a partner. He has um, a brand or like a a guild that's called loot squad yeah so we're partnering up with them we're also partnering up with bryson um he had an he had a huge announcement yesterday which i was super happy for uh with vayner sports i obviously knew it because we're also working with with vayner sports um i I was kind of in the loop on that but um i'm super happy for him he's such a great guy And uh, I'm just happy that we were able to get him for GFC. Um, So he's going to be pushing out some content. And we also onboarded him onto our um, gamer council. So he's actually going to be, you know, reviewing and sharing his experience with us and seeing how we can improve. And he was, I think he was telling me that he wanted to get on the Axie council as well. But for some reason it didn't work or he was too late or something like that. I can't exactly remember. But he's he's excited that he's on a council now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, Axie is
0: has been under fire recently, mainly because I follow Kagi and he loves trolling uh, Axie Infinity. Uh, But they've been yeah, they've been under under fire. So it's cool that you were able to, you know, use I wouldn't say use that, but definitely that that partnership with Bryson is is amazing. Tell me your strategy behind this, like short and long term with these streamers, because they're going to bring, you know, eyeballs, you know, to to your game. Uh, what's your what's your strategy on like the short term process as well as like how you're viewing streamers long term with your web three game essentially, you know, or you know, just gaming in general. How are you looking at streamers?
1: I mean, I think streamers it's it's since we're since we're aiming to build towards that esports experience, obviously streamers are gonna be essential. Like it's an essential part of any like esport ecosystem in my in my opinion. Um because you want people to to have someone to look up to right someone to learn from and someone to just consume content from right on an ongoing basis uh, and then obviously also having like streamers for the tournaments and things like that is just all gonna like kind of yeah i guess just resonate and um, yeah lead into one another
0: yeah, when when do these big esports teams get involved uh I know we've seen like a lot of you know uh crossover right like hundred thieves I think some of the founders are getting in uh to different you know web3 uh industry sec- like sectors so just kind of kind of that question i'll throw out to you like when are we gonna see you know hundred thieves or a team liquid get involved in in web 3
1: I mean I don't think it's that far out to be honest like obviously I can't predict the future but Within the next couple of months, we're definitely going to see some esports teams like enter the Web three space. I, I don't doubt that. Gotcha.
0: All right. Well, we're uh, guys. We're like I would say a little bit over halfway through the episode. Uh, this is the Nifty Q Show. We do these every Wednesday and Thursday. If you're not able to get here for whatever reason it's here on youtube it's also on spotify and apple Podcasts. so that'll be uh there for 24 hours after the episode uh, i'm sitting here with galaxy fight club i'm sitting here with yas uh, we're going through some features uh here uh, from the actual gameplay and things like this uh so if you guys have any questions please drop them in the chat Yas, i guess my question to you here is i, I played a little bit of a, Th- of a thetan arena shout out to uh, prodigy here in the chat we would like play like 3v3 or battle royale uh and and we would get wrecked by people who maybe spent more uh, in the game. Uh, How do you deal with the pay to win aspect uh, and how does that work within your ecosystem? I know you mentioned like you can upgrade or, or have better characters here and there. How are you looking at uh, kind of like balance inside of the game? I mean,
1: there's always going to be like, there's always going to be weapons and stuff that are stronger than others. Um, Just like when in any game, you're always going to have something that's slightly more powerful than everything else. And, um, There's actually something that a lot of people brought up with like the open beta launch is like, well, this tier of humans isn't strong enough compared to whatnot and this and that. But um, I think that there's two, obviously two ways to look at it, right? So one being from a competitive standpoint where you say, okay, if we were to have a tournament tomorrow, right, and we would have, say... Half of our holders participate, which is like 1,500 people approximately, or 1,200, 300, something like that. Um, You could probably, it would probably be fair to say that the winners are more likely to be the ones who have a stronger character, or a stronger fighter, or a stronger weapon. But if you look at the big picture of having a healthy ecosystem of or with a um, daily active user base of upwards of that number, right? So if we approach, you know, the the, the 50,000 daily active users, hundred thousand daily active users, then you're you're talking about a an amount of players inside of your ecosystem where the individual isn't like the individual stronger character or whatnot isn't actually going to be that noticeable in the big picture because there's going to be so much so many interactions and so many people like queuing up for games and stuff the chances of you facing that person that just has that overpowered thing is so small like it's first of all they need to be online right and then they need to be like around your elo or around your skill level and then you know you'll have to still match make them right so the chances are super small but um i definitely feel that people are feeling like right now there is some stuff that's overpowered. and I agree it's not like I disagree, but yeah, as I said, like if you look at the big picture and moving like a couple months into the future, I think that all of this is just gonna play out fine because you're gonna have so many so many players just hopping on even with like free to play characters and stuff that uh, it's not actually gonna be that noticeable. And at that point, I would even argue the 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 contrary because you want, people who are long-term holders or people who want to be like the, the 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 strongest the stronger person in game or the strongest or whatnot to to be able to you know invest into the ecosystem and get something that's stronger than 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 other stuff, right? Um not to the degree where you have one person that's gonna be owning everyone, but to the degree where you can say <clears throat> excuse me, where you can say that okay, there is like Anything above this tier, which might might make up like five or 10% of, of any collection, um, is going to be the strongest tier that people can get. And that's where the competitive scene is going to be, you know, focusing around, right? How much of the competitive scene is going to be dominated
0: by guilds as opposed to just individual players? I know guilds and in, in scholarships and all these things are part of the play-to-earn industry. I wonder how you, what you're kind of thinking of when it comes to guilds i know you know crypto people were always thinking in like game theory you could obviously have like a guild come in and in rent uh, or you know give their uh, guild members like better weapons so that they're the better players and all these different things how are you looking at
1: guilds within your ecosystem i think that i think that guilds aren't actually going to be that into the competitive scene i view guilds a lot more as the bridge between scholars and, and the game. And I think that if, and I might be wrong, but I think that if a scholar was actually that dedicated, that he would want to get into the competitive scene, he would probably just skip that bridge and just approach us. But I might be wrong. Like, I'm I'm not exactly sure. I guess we'll see and find out. But, um, that's just my intuition. It's like, uh, I think that guilds are more just the bridge between, between the gaming project and the scholars. And, um, the competitive scene is probably going to be more, it's probably going to be more Western people. I feel like, but, um, more, more like buyer focused people. But then again, they might be like, they might rent out their assets to individual skilled players. I don't know. It's, It's definitely, it's, there, I mean, there, yeah. there definitely is some a lot of us don't. some directions that we can say, okay, it's most likely going to go towards this direction, but it could still play out the other way around.
0: Yeah, I've got a couple questions here on like demographic. Uh, so, like two lightning questions would be like, where is your demographic currently right now? You mentioned the West potentially being involved in the competitive scene. I know some of these, you know, play-to-earn games have seen a lot of, of use in like Brazil, for example. Like, I'll be watching a Twitch stream, and there's a ton of Brazilians uh, playing it. Uh, all speaking Portuguese, which is a funny just thing to to watch because I can't understand shit, but I can see them playing. Uh, so I wonder where that demographic is right now, uh, and then what what is success to you when it comes to the amount of players uh, playing in the ecosystem? You know, I, I'm with a lot of NFT music people. The one one cool thing uh, uh, that they talk about is the ability to be successful without having to reach a million people. You know, and I think that translates to the the gaming scene uh very well. So those two questions, demographic as well as what is success when it comes to a user base for Galaxy Fight Club.
1: So I think that in terms of the the PDE space as a whole, like actual actual games, right? Not just like the the game theory projects where they call it PDE and they just have like a bunch of burning mechanisms. Like that's not that's not actually a game, right? That's not PDE in my in my opinion. But um, for actual games, I think that there's always two, I like to call it like two audiences or two personas. You have like the buyer's market and the seller's market, right? And they kind of make up your foundation long-term. You need to have like a good balance of buyers versus sellers. Um, With obviously majority of the sellers then coming from probably third world countries of the world, um, probably more like Asian-based South America, uh, stuff like that. And the uh, buyer's persona being more like US-based, maybe European, uh, but first world, more wealthy, um, and more focused on on collecting, more focused on winning, more focused on, you know, these things, um, or long-term investing and earning, you know, also a big part of it. And um, I think it's important to be able to address both of these in a similar fashion, or at least to the degree where you have both of them. And that's again when we you know when, when we circle back to the guilds, they actually can help bridge the gap between a project and a healthy player base, right? Because they have all of these scholars, which they can easily onboard into a game if they really wanted to, right? Because they can just activate them, uh, push like their narrative of their own story in, into that direction, and make sure that their scholars are kind of keen on playing the game. Um, and then, you know, with with the with the buyers market, I think I think the the larger part of the NFT audience is like that buyers persona. Um, so. I think that's just on us to make sure that we, you know, communicate our messaging clearly or clear enough for people to, to understand and to, um, yeah, have faith in us and, and invest into our project. Um, and I think that's something that we, 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 we're not doing the best job on. I think we can definitely improve it. I think we have improved a lot over the past couple of months though. Um, Like if you look back to, like late last year or yeah something around that i think that it was a lot more difficult to to understand what galaxy fight club is about um compared to today and especially because we're having um like a whole rebranding happening here in the next couple of weeks so we're gonna have like a new website a new game trailer actually two game trailers coming out around the same time uh, with one being like a teaser trailer sort of thing and one being more like cinematic more like more like game graphic ish, um, which is going to be cool as fuck, and we have, yeah, white paper updates. We have all of these influencers coming in. We had, we well, we just had the the beta launch. We're going to have the uh, tournament with a price pool of like a quarter to half a million dollars, which is going to be insane. And we're going to have you know people like Bryson, you know, participating in that. You know, having companies like uh, Second Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think we have announced this yet. No, no, no. I already, I already said too much. I think I already, I probably shouldn't have mentioned Bryson. But um, no, I appreciate that, man. There's I, there's I, gonna be, go, there's gonna be like top tier people, and I'm um, people. Actually, if if people want to go to my Twitter, you know, you can start speculating onto, um, onto what's happening because I drop so much alpha on my Twitter uh, without saying it. Like I, I, I say things without saying them. You know what I mean. So it's like, okay, if people want to, if people actually put together the different pieces, they can get it. And sometimes people DM me and they're like, okay, I figured that out. Like it's, you know, about that and that and X, Y, Z. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, better, better to keep it, keep it secret for now.
0: Yeah, that's good. Give us some stuff, but like definitely keep some uh, behind the curtain a little bit, man. Yeah. It's, it, this oh, has and been we're
1: good. Go ahead. I, we're also having like the land sale coming up, which is going to be crazy. Um, okay, so we'll touch on that land sale piece.
0: I did want to uh, ask that that other lightning question from like a user base perspective, but I do want it, the land sale information. Um, what 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 is success to y'all in the, in the short
1: term? Just a lightning question. Uh, I tend to go on rants and then forget about half of the questions. That's, that's my job, man. I I bring it back. But what's success? I mean, success can be defined in so many different ways, but I think that I think that one, like if you, if we talk straight about about. Um, Metrics and KPIs. I you think that daily active users is going to be in there. Um, yeah, I think that that's definitely one way to measure success, um, but not exclusively. Um, I think there is many ways in which in which success can form, and it might come. I mean, not saying it might come, but in a sense of, in theory, like if anything was possible, it could it could be viewed as a success if we um partnered up with i don't know like like an esports company right say i think like esn is one of the more well-known brands out there in the esports space so if we take them for for an example like esn say they they onboard galaxy fight club as a a a esports accepted game quote unquote um which they want to help us push out the narrative for people to, or for competitive players to start playing that. Um, I think that would be like a huge success. I think that um, dominating the gaming market, just like Axie did, uh, like a year ago, is a key, like a, metri- a key metric for a success. Uh, but I also think that having, like having achievements, just as small as having like a healthy community, having people who actually believe in you that's already successful um or having I don't know maybe some company because I, I, I know Gary tweeted tweeted this or was it on an interview I think it was on an interview actually a couple of days ago he was saying that um he's looking into acquiring um PDE games in the nft space for for V Friends. so like would that be viewed as a success if if galaxy five Club sold like the the company behind it to gary and then still had the same people like on board and stuff like would that be so, i don't know but i think it would be but um there's just so many like i just think that it, there's so many things that in, in into which directions it could go uh like long term but i think for now like we're hitting these milestones on a regular basis. Like we're making sure that we have we have these like weekly updates in our Discord, uh, where we like write out like a full, I think usually around like 10, 15 minute read medium article, um, and then you know post that into bite sized pieces on Discord and stuff. But uh, we make sure that we hit new milestones that that are key metrics for success in our in our eyes and our community's opinion uh, on a like a biweekly or at least a monthly basis with like major milestones so uh we can you know or we 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 make sure that we keep delivering right and we stay accountable to ourselves
0: yeah the the play to earn industry man uh, like i want to move into this land selvin i appreciate your guys's success up to this point with building a community uh the play to earn industry i don't know if you've watched uh, or like looked at any of those like really early bitcoin threads on like bitcoin talk But it reminds me of the conversations we're having now. Like they were talking about all these use cases that we'll see in a couple years uh, with Bitcoin and all these things. Some guys even predicted like NFTs on Bitcoin, uh, the Bitcoin blockchain. When you talk about esports arenas and all these big, uh, you know, uh, these big $250,000 rewards, I know it's just around the corner, but it feels like we're not there yet. You know, and it just, yeah, it, it feels like we're just sitting on our hands. So it's really cool to see beta gameplay come out, man, and, and I'm not surprised at the reaction uh that you guys have had uh being so positive. So I want to get a little bit more alpha uh here about the the land sale, man. So what's going on with the land sale? What do you guys have planned?
1: I actually don't think and i am actually being serious. I don't think I've ever talked about the land sale before. Um and it's still a couple of months out. It's not like this is going to be happening tomorrow. I think a rough estimate might be like June, June, July, something like that. Um, But the land, dude, the land, a lot of people have been asking me about the land. Um, So the land is actually going to come with, with its own app, its own game. But whatever you, whatever you achieve in that game is going to give you upgrades and, boosts for your characters in the galaxy fight club like main game if that makes sense so the land is going to be more of a more of a hmm, how do you want to call it like a collect like a i'd say like in a did you used to play age of empires yeah so i would say it's like it's like a mix of clash of clans with age of empires but without the the fighting because we have the fighting aspect in our main in our main game so it's a lot about gathering resources building out your land and getting to a level where you can acquire or where where you can not acquire but uh, gather or generate i think is the is the right word where you can generate this special resource um which I'm not gonna reveal its name yet, but it's gonna be fucking awesome. Um, and then you can use that to unlock specific things in in our main game. And uh, I think people are gonna love it because it's. I think it's such a logical next step, and I came up with this idea, dude. It was I. I'm not sure if you ever played like these browser games back in the day, but like Farmville. Yeah, yeah. I'd like say I'd say I'd say like. I'd say, like sort of i used to play like browser games when i was like 10 so thinking back like 18 years ago and back then you had these browser games where you had zero graphics but you had like your your village just being a bunch of buttons that you could click and then it would open up a picture of of a building and stuff like it was super it's like super old school Type of shit. so, we're the same and, age, so, uh, ish.
0: So, yeah. I'm trying to think back until so like what what was this game titled? Uh, like, what were these browser games? Um,
1: I think O Game was like the biggest one, at least here, like in Germany. I grew up like in Germany most most of my uh, most of my teenage years, but um, Flubber saying K- King of
0: Kings of Chaos is that one that does that ring a bell?
1: Um, I think so. But, Let me look it up really quick, but um, I didn't mean to throw you off, no, all good, but I think that. The core principle is is that I was I was thinking back, I just had one of these like nostalgic moments uh, talking to, to our founder um, and we were just brainstorming on like what we could do and shit. And I was like, dude, wouldn't it be so awesome? Like, am I the only one or did everyone used to play these type of browser games like back in the day? And it would be such a logical next step to have a not battle dedicated, but more like gather and resource dedicated game as our next step um but not as two ecosystems but as an addition to our existing ecosystem where we can add new mechanisms that are going to benefit our holders you know what i mean so i'm i'm super stoked for it and i'm gonna be um, i think i'll start releasing more information on this pretty soon but um i think that I think that people are going to love it. At least I'm like, this is definitely something that I think is going to be my thing. Like, I think that I'm going to be playing the fucking land game all day long um, for as long as I can and make sure that I get my hands on these resources because I think that uh, this is going to be the... I think it's going to be a key to actually getting to that end game Galaxy Fight Club level of, um, of stuff.
0: Well, man, where can I go with that? Like Web3 projects are always like like they always kind of remind me and, and we kind of use the terminology and phrasing of like them being their own kind of entity kind of their own cities. Right. Like you're, you're, you're you some of which have their own currency, all these things. So it makes sense to have like a logical extension of your game and not just be. A, a battle system like a super smash brothers like when when those games existed it was for the like pleasure of playing the game and, and yada 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 but when you add crypto into this stuff when you have blockchain you can extend that into a resource game that can build out your lore and yeah, all these different things and build out your guys's own metaverse so i'm excited man there's there's some projects that that are kind of doing similar things that i'm i'm just really Looking forward to this like resource
1: piece. The main difference, I think, between what we're calling our land and what other people are calling their land is is exactly what you just mentioned. Um, is that our land is not supposed to be our metaverse? You know, it's like Galaxy Fight Club is our metaverse. And I actually had a discussion with um, with uh, AJ and with um, with Darren, one of his one of his uh, employees at Vander Sports, um, the other day, where. It just it just blew me away because if you think about it, and then and then I had another conversation with the owner of of Council of Kings and with Properties, who are like essential metaverse projects, and it just all came together in my in my head. Where if you think about it, what is like the metaverse is is what is like okay, so are we are we looking up to like NFT worlds as as the metaverse right now is I think. That's like the main thing right now, isn't it? Um, well, if you think about it, in 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 essence, it's, it really isn't. Because first of all, you have a huge barrier to entry, even if people don't want to admit it. But the barrier to entry is huge because you actually need to, to, to get Minecraft to be able to play. And for all projects building on NFT worlds, they have to follow the Minecraft uh, terms of service. So they're not actually able to monetize their platform long term, which essentially just means that. And this is not my words. This is from. This is coming from someone who's building on NFT worlds for their main project, right? This isn't me saying it, but they think that NFT worlds isn't going to make it long term because because of that. Because they are not able to monetize it, and eventually, it's just such a difficult part to have an ecosystem that is not non-monitor unless you want to charge your users but you know good luck with that
0: well, well sandbox was it was attempting this the most out of anyone I think which is just like kind of bringing a world of, of different worlds together
1: but again if we look at sandbox w- which would have been like my second point is ha- have you tried out the beta of sandbox I have I, I have and, and
0: yeah go ahead go, go ahead go ahead
1: yeah I'm, I mean I have I, so have I and I think it's it's a cool experience, but is it actually like it the way I view sandbox is like, or the way I experienced it is probably a better way to put it. The way I experienced it is it was such a nice experience going in there for the first time that that I would be down to revisit in like six months. Do you know what I mean? It's like I go in, it's like a museum. Like I, I went there and I was like, dude, this is awesome but it's not like, it's not like I want to go back the next day and be there like all the time. It's like, it was so nice to see. It was a great experience and I definitely want to be here. I I definitely want to come again, but it's like not, it's like Disney, like it's like going to Disneyland. Like you're not going to Disneyland every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like to me, it feels like every project is building their own Disneyland. Yeah. Like they, it,
0: it feels like every but, project is trying to build out their own kind of ecosystem. Which is just fine, you know, because the problem with and you just mentioned it with Sandbox and, namely, Decentraland and Crypto Boxes as well, is that it in, the, unless there's an event you're there for, you're not just gonna like, you know. Chill in there, you know, because it, there's just not enough people that you want to connect with at the end of the day.
1: And so, and the way that they saw, and this is the guy from from Vayner Sports uh, talking to me, and he was like, He was like, You guys have a finished product. Well, not, I, don't, I don't want to call it a finished product because it's still open beta, but it's like a playable product. You have an audience. Which is a finished
0: product with, for us yeah, in this space. Yeah, I guess,
1: I guess to some degree, but. Um, you know, you have an audience, you have mechanisms in place that could essentially have thousands upon thousands of people onboarded and you're, you own the platform. Like you can do whatever you want on that platform. And like, and I brought this up um, a couple of weeks ago or yeah, I think it was a couple of weeks ago uh, on a, on a different show where if we imagine someone like, um McDonald's showing interest in entering the the, the web 3 space what are they going to think what are they going to look for I think that they're going to look for the trend the number one trending thing to do and that is building the metaverse right or taking part in the creation of a metaverse and the easiest foot in door in the door and we saw this by by various other uh, web 2 native companies is entering the web 3 space by, buying a plot of sandbox land and hiring someone to build on it you know it's the same thing over and over again um but they're investing all of this money and and i think that i think that um uh, the um, darren told me and the, the guy from VaynerSports, he told me that uh, he was actually talking to another company a huge Um, US based company uh, who were looking to uh, invest into or or take that take that step into the Web3 space and they were going to write a check of like $8 million or something to one of these like metaverse brands or companies or whatever you want to call them um, that we just spoke about and he was like I told him not to because it just doesn't make sense like everyone is doing the same thing without even knowing if people are going to go and visit Sandbox. It's like I'm not trashing on Sandbox. Like I I love it and I think that the 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 amount of innovation that they brought into the space and built it like actually having people realize what's possible in this space, they were just they took so much of that of that onto themselves um, and made it happen. But I just think that um without the proof of concept and also with the people building on it and I heard this from another guy uh, from 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 one of these projects that's, that are building on Sandbox exclusively that the mechanisms that they're able to develop inside of Sandbox aren't actually what they were hoping for. You know, so it's, it's just it's just so difficult and I think that if we look like six months to 12 months to 24 months into the future the whole space is going to look like totally different and who knows if any of the projects that we're talking about are even going to still be around and stuff. It's going to be it's going to be wild.
0: I think Sandbox is going to be a winner, but I also believe it's a natural progression, right? Sandbox completely did better than, in my opinion, Decentraland, which was one of the first Web three nat- native you know metaverses. So that's going to continue. Uh, one thing I do want to tie in is that the Metaverse land we're, we're kind of coming up uh, to the end of the episode, and I, and so my editor doesn't get get too pissed off uh, at the uh, like longevity of this one. Uh, you know, a, a, the other side land uh, that that is an ape, which I was surprised with. Uh, I thought that they would like make it available in ETH and Ape or, or something like that. Uh, we had a couple questions of like, what is your land sale going to be, uh, priced in? Is it going to be potentially in G coin? And then just give me your last thoughts there as well as G coin in general, uh, as far as it being the token of your ecosystem, let's make it quick, uh, maybe like two or three minutes and then we'll, we'll pop out.
1: I'll try to keep it short. Um, So I think that to give you, first of all, to give you my opinion on Gcoin, I think that Gcoin is without a doubt vastly undervalued at the moment. Um, And I can confidently say that because I think that, did we hit IDO prices again? I think I'm pretty sure we're below IDO price right now. Um, Yeah, we're around 30 cents, 32 cents at the moment, which is um, around the price of our private round. And I think it's vastly undervalued. I think that, um, and I tweeted this out a couple of weeks ago already. Um, people are going to regret big time um, with the uh, with what we have planned for the next couple of months and not taking their their leap into our ecosystem um, purely from a purely rational standpoint. Not, I'm not the and people in our community know this. I'm like we don't hype shit up for no reason. Um, we we don't sell the hype. We just provide the finished announcement and then people can do whatever they want like the market is going to move according to the actual announcement not to whatever we say in advance Um, but uh, I think that yeah Gcoin is vastly vastly misunderstood and undervalued and I think that um, regarding the land sale I actually haven't decided on that yet but what I was considering is having the main sale be on uh, on ETH and setting aside a certain number of plots Um, or NFTs that are going to be exclusive to our Gcoin marketplace that's coming up. That's another piece of alpha I haven't mentioned before. Like we're having... The marketplace come up
0: if we if we elongate this to another hour I think we'll get like more and more alpha but I think we're gonna have to, uh, <laughs> to shut it down I want to give a, a quick shout out you guys were awesome in the chat today uh, Mco Kevin uh, super no-no flubber prodigy bullish bear uh, King Peck like you guys were all awesome uh, definitely want to give a big shout out to our community members our vibe our tribe uh, here we do these uh, we do the nifty Q show you know Wednesdays and Thursdays this was an amazing one uh, with the awesome Galaxy Fight club uh, any last points you want to point out thank you for dropping all that information by the way uh especially ones that you haven't before it was it was a great it was a great combo man i i again like i just like to keep it uh you know some people aren't going to click on something that's an hour and 30 minutes long
1: <laughs> no absolutely you're absolutely right and uh, just yeah just thank you so much for having me i really enjoyed it um and i genuinely mean that like we had a great conversation and um i would i'll be excited to just chat again like uh not necessarily on here, we can invite you onto our Twitter space or something, just have another conversation there, uh, or just have a, a private chat, whatever, like, uh, I think this is awesome. And um, yeah, thanks so much for having me. And if anyone who's watching this uh, is interested in checking out Galaxy Fight Club, you know, go to our website, galaxyficlub.com and uh, you'll find all the links there to our discord twitter and whatnot um and hit us up we're always there uh 24 hours a day so yeah kevin is saying you better get to that subducts uh, spaces as well i don't know when that is so we'll uh we'll wait i'm late i'm late by 25 minutes already
0: oh shit okay, <laughs> I, okay. all right but well, i messaged them yeah. i messaged them <laughs> all right well we'll get out of here we we don't want the subducts folks to get too uh upset but guys thank you so much for tuning in this was the nifty q show we'll see you tomorrow